Welcome to the Understanding Jesus Podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Richards, and with me, as usual, Josh Humphreys is here today. But our special guest today is Miss Judy Harris, our Minister to Children here at uh, our Children's Ministries Director. I think it's her official title. Uh, but we're so glad to have her with us as we're going to look at some really amazing passages in the book of Exodus. Uh, Josh is going to highlight his love for the Psalms and share with us about that. And uh, and then also uh, some great things that Matthew reveals in our reading this week. And some some great questions about uh, the covenant, the book of the covenant, and, and why do they have to dedicate their firstborn children to the Lord. So all this and mucho more on today's edition of Understanding Jesus. Welcome back to the Understanding Jesus podcast, where we are getting ready to share some of the things that God spoke to us through his word about just things that uh, came to our minds and as we were meditating on our reading of the scripture as we're reading through the bible together and josh you are going to go first i am going to go first and i've had a lot of opposition in the past in my head to the psalms Mm -hmm. but (laughs) i am every day that i'm reading it now really enjoying my time there and that's where this week was um for me um, was in psalm 18 that's a long psalm I read it um, last night before I went to bed, and I just kept like looking at it. I was like, man, this is a long chapter. And then, um, yeah, but it's a really great chapter. So the verses I'm going to um, stick to, try to stick to, is um, Psalm 18, 33 through 36. And this is what it says. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hand for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep me from to keep them from slipping. And this week, um, it's just like when I was reading this, it reminds me of like how much like he actually does live in us. And he's not just some far off God um, who once he saves us, he unplugs and expects us to do everything that a Christian should do, but he lives in us. And in these verses, this is what it says that he does in us and for us. Um, number one, he makes us sure footed, just making where our feet stand, where we step is sure. Um, he trains us. He strengthens us. He gives us the shield of victory. He supports us. He makes us great. And he keeps us um, from slipping. And I mentioned this um, to Troy yesterday when I was talking to him and I was just like, I have looked back on my life in this past week and just seen um, from scripture revealing it, how often we as his disciples have more faith in the opposite of who he is. We have more faith in destruction, more faith in um, just like things of the world and like the imminent destruction that we have faith in them in him who gives us life. And when I read Psalm 18, I was thinking about how often I don't believe that I'm sure footed as the deer or that he's raised me to stand on mountain heights or that he trains me. Like, I don't have faith in any of that. I have like just completely deny it. Um, and I just think that's crazy um, that when we are fighting this battle of faith, this battle that we, you know, the, the rate that we're running the race with endurance and all this life that he's given us, um, we have faith in the opposite of what we need to. And it's just important for us to remember that this battle isn't easy. Um, but he is training and has trained us already for this battle, battle and he's given us um, the Holy Spirit. And so 
running away from the battle is not what we've been trained to do. Um, and so he, he tells us to fight, but even as he tells us to fight, he fights with us. Mm. And that is the beginning of, of um, Psalm 18. I'm just going to read um, 7 through 15 um, here real quick. It says, the, Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the mountains shook. They quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dark rain clouds. Thick clouds shielded the brightness around him and rained down hail and burning coals. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the voice of the Most High resounded amid the hail and burning coals. He shot his arrows and scattered his enemies. Great bolts of lightning flashed, and they were confused. Then at your command, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. Like that's the God we serve. The one who, that God right there is the one who empowers us, who keeps us sure-footed, who protects us, who's given us the shield of victory. That's who that is. So he strengthens us, he trains us, and then he fights for us as well. And that is just like, that's a God that's unlike anything else. Like Mm. that's holy. And it is just so cool. Yeah. And you know, that's what I like about the Psalms is they Mm -hmm. do reveal to us so much about who God is. Yeah. That uh, you won't find anywhere else right. in in scripture. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you're finally coming on board with the yeah, me song. too. Which is, <laughs> and we've mentioned this before. Josh is a very musical person, which is so it's very odd that mm-hmm. he would not be drawn to the Psalms. But, yeah, I know. But uh, he's just a latecomer. By the time you're my age, you'll be like, I've loved the Psalms. <laughs> I'll be my whole singing life. the Psalms. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love the Psalms. My whole life. I don't remember right. a time when I didn't like the Psalms. Yeah. Right. And then I'll be some and you'll think well i'll say no i remember a time and you'll I be told like you, you tragedy so. old man you don't remember <laughs> anything um yeah okay judy yeah. what do you got for us um i'm gonna be in exodus and uh the reading started in exodus 9 this past week uh but i'm also going to go back to eight a little bit because there was a phrase that was repeated um with the plagues um just as the lord had predicted it was over and over and over, and it made me think about um, how God revealed himself to the Israelites through the plagues, even, not just the Egyptians, but the mm-hmm. Israelites, because, um, because then it made me stop and think and be so appreciative of the scripture that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, God is revealed through the scriptures to us, and, and uh, they didn't have that, and I, it just makes me think, oh my goodness. So he had to to show himself in a mighty way, and uh, it wasn't just for the Israelites; it was for the Egyptians too. Mm. And uh, I just oh, well. it just kind of caught me, and just all these different plagues and how it was kind of in your face mm. to the Egyptians, but to the Israelites, it's like, oh my goodness, that is I am. Wow. You know, so huh. I I just I really have enjoyed Exodus. I mean, mm. just all the symbolism. I know it gets very uh, detailed once you get on in there, but um, I, I just think, you know, how it points us to Christ. Mm. Uh, mm. But I just think that 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 just as he predicted, it's just you know, this is I am. You can. Oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to pound the table. Anyway. <laughs> you um, can pound the table. It's just Josh would get upset when he does. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but you know, this is I am, and mm. and I'm your God, and I'm for you. I've I've got mm-hmm. you. Huh. I've never thought about that. Yeah. That's cool. And it, uh, and you mentioned him revealing himself to the Egyptians too. Uh, you know, we, 
I think sometimes we do, don't highlight the sovereignty of God or we're afraid to talk about the sovereignty of mm, God. Yeah. But he knew that uh, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And uh, and it says, well, the word says he hardened his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a person who is, uh, that is, that is just working into God's plan. Yeah. And, and when you, you know, when you talk about, uh, I know it, it, it sometimes confuses people when they say, well, why would God harden his heart? Why mm-hmm. would God soften his heart? And what it, what it means is, is that when God, when a person is antagonistic toward God, then when God does good things, when God is just being God, mm-hmm. that person response is to be hardened against it so mm-hmm. the more god is god the more more entrenched and hardened people become uh in the face of him it's yeah. like if, if they if you are not wanting jesus then the more jesus you get the more you hate him yeah. the more you hate everything about him the more you hate christianity and so forth and and so you have uh so much that's just uh, uh so many things that uh, that that are and that make you think god you know that you hate God more, and and it and you do think of it. You think you know when God reveals Himself, it, the people who love Christ are drawn more closely to yeah. Him, and yet the people who don't love Christ become even more incensed well, against. And they him. don't they don't even desire to want Him anymore. And so it's yeah. like they desire to not be with God. So then God's like, okay, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> but it's like, but you have you have people who sometimes we're not we don't present the gospel accurately, mm-hmm. right? And the more right. accurate the gospel becomes, people who do not want Christ, right, are going to pull further away from right. it. The more mm-hmm. Israel revealed about him, the more they don't like him, and so that's why you just might as well just be let him re- be who he is, yeah. reveal who he is, because they're not. Gonna, why would you want to force someone into heaven who doesn't want to be yeah. there? And that, why would they want to be there? They're going to suffer. Yeah. In, and have it, and, and that's heaven becomes hell for yeah. someone who is um, someone who is doesn't love Christ. So, and I think so much of that goes back to us wanting to be our own God. Yeah, it's yeah. all about we don't want to surrender. We don't yeah. want right. to give up control. Yeah, Pharaoh has power. He doesn't yeah. no, has no yeah. interest in right. the power of God or yeah. or being or uh, submitting to his power or authority. Yeah. Um, he's finally, but he's he's humbled by God, and then God allows him to. Uh, you know, and then gives him, uh, tells Moses specifically, take this path so Pharaoh will chase you down. Mm-hmm. And and then and he does it on purpose, yeah. just to lure Pharaoh's army in and says, okay, yeah, go out. And then opens the door for yeah. Pharaoh's army to go out into the sea before he destroys them all. And it's like he's not forcing Pharaoh to do that. Mm-hmm. He's just allowing Pharaoh to it's do that. It's just crazy that, that like how quickly God destroyed the economic, spiritual physical well-being yeah. of Egypt yeah. because I mean the the idolatry when I went through the study with the students and I went through the book of Exodus and the story of Israel and how it began and we we got to this part where where the plagues were at and we went through each god that was being challenged that god you know like the frog the they viewed the Egyptians viewed these frogs as like life like this the creator right. of life is looks like a frog so we worship frogs and so god does the plague of frogs and lets them wreak havoc and and we just see god disarm everything that the egyptians had believed i mean idolatry he disarmed the idolatry of egypt and crushed it and then crushed the people within the red sea which is really crazy yeah 
Yes, and it's and and the, the fact that the thing I had to remind myself of is when you get in the way of that, mm -hmm. when you say I'm going to try to keep this person from experience God's wrath or His judgment right. or whatever, uh, well, you're not going to win. That. No, you you. No. I mean, God's just going to roll over the top of right. you. And, right. And and so a lot of times our lives are difficult just simply because uh, we're just getting in the way of God doing what God does. So anyway, yeah, very good, Judy. Yeah. You have, did you? Did I, I don't want to jump up. You got more later. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> I'm good. Right, hold that thought. Okay. Hold that thought. I wanted to share something from um, Matthew chapter 20, verse 31, 32. It says, And the multitude warned them that they should be quiet, but they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? Uh, and it's talking about, it's this passage taken from Matthew where the blind men are crying out to, um, to Jesus. And, and I, I, th I found it interesting because the, um, as they were crying out for Jesus to heal them and, and so forth, the crowds are upset with him and like, shut up, <laughs> you know, yeah. just stop being quiet. And, and it made me re realize how much the world values, the world values independence yeah. and sees as this value that you are so much better if you can do it on your own and not ask for help. Mm -hmm. Like if you have, if you have to ask for help, well then they pity you and so yeah. forth. But it's like, but, but the idea is that you don't have to ask for help. Yeah. And, and that, and we, we, we elevate that and say, that's, that's our goal. That's where we all want to right. be. Right. I don't want to be like a child. I want to grow up and be my own person mm. and be an adult and be independent. And then Jesus flips the world upside down and says, oh, wait, unless you are like little children, right. then you can't be in the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And and so here these blind people are just basically they're like little children. Yeah. And just saying, hey, we have a need. We have a need. We have a need. You know, help, 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 help. And the world's like, shut up, stop talking, whatever. You know, yeah. it's not. And and uh, and that's because the world's view is being outside of the rule of God. It's mm, like, I mm -hmm. don't, I don't want to have to be under his plan or under his thumb. Um, because, uh, but if you abandon the rule of God, uh, then you fall subject to the rule of Satan. Mm, mm -hmm. And, and that is the lie that we don't, we don't believe yeah. or we don't, or we don't understand. Uh, that is the deception. The idea we think that if I can get, if I can break free of God, mm -hmm. then I'll be free. Mm -hmm. But the reality is you break free of God, then you just fall into the dominion of someone else, yeah. someone lesser than God, uh, which is Satan. And, uh, and Satan has lures us into that every mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. we, we still, the world still believes wholeheartedly that if it can just break free of whatever is holding onto it right now, that they will be free, mm -hmm. that they can be their own person, do their own thing, not knowing yeah. now you just, you've left one form of slavery mm -hmm. and you've gone into another form of slavery. And, uh, and, and the masters you're going to have now mm -hmm. is much worse than the master you had before that we, the belief is, is that there is this concept of freedom mm -hmm. that doesn't involve any type of God <laughs> or Lord mm -hmm. over us. And that is, there is none. There is, there, it's non-existent. It's like trying to believe that death is not real. You know, right. it's like, no, you're, you're under the curse of death. There's yeah. no escape from it. Yet we live as though it's not real, mm -hmm. as though, as though it doesn't, it's not actually going to happen, but, um, but it is something that's going to happen. Um, but those in need of God's mercy need to come to the place where they realize yeah. that Jesus, God, is our only hope and cry out all the more. That's, that's what I loved about that passage. Yeah. They told them to be quiet, and it says they cried out all the more. It's yeah. just like, it's like I, I'm not going to, I have such a great need. 
he, this is my only hope that mm-hmm. I have. I, I see Jesus passing by. I, I got nothing else. If I, yeah. if I don't get this, then I don't have a plan B. Yeah. And that's where we all need to be. We all need to see when Jesus comes, we come near to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It needs to be, I, I have nowhere else to yeah. go. Those are the people that uh, are, when you, they come into your church, the, the people I think that our hearts and minds should be most open to. The kind of people you want coming to your church are the people that come and say, I didn't have anywhere else to go. This is I, I. You're all I have. This yeah. is it. If this doesn't work, I don't know what else I'm going to do. Yeah. And uh, and that, and that's because that's that. And and that's what churches need to be. Oh, because some people yeah. are saying that without saying it. Some people are there without you knowing they're there. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be very receptive to when those people walk in your door yeah. to making sure that this is a place where they can feel mm-hmm. safe and uh, and be at home. Um, and then Jesus asks this incredible question. He says, "What what do you want me to do?" And I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. duh. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, shouldn't it be obvious? We were talking about that at a staff meeting earlier, about how one of the things that um, that is so, that the idols that we create in our lives in this form of independence is we don't want to ask. Um, now, I give the exception to my wife. Um, she, <laughs> she, we do this in our marriage relationships all the times, where it's like, you should know what I need without me having to ask for it. <laughs> That's not a true statement. But that's the, the that is the the life I live. That yeah. is the life I live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And so I so I'll so I give her a pass. But with my kids and others, I I make sure I emphasize: if you don't ask me, mm-hmm. then I I think you're okay. And right. that's the relationship God has with us. He's like, if you don't ask, then you are then you're right. you're okay. And what it is is asking is a is a means of submission. Yeah, it's a and and we don't and the but word tells us that we are to submit to one yeah. another in fear and love. And and so yes, if you have a need, it is it is an act of uh, and it is an act of the Holy Spirit to say, I need your help. Mm-hmm. It is you humbling yourself and saying, I can't do this. Now, some people are really good at it. They mm-hmm. do it all the time. <laughs> They're always asking. Uh, and, and, and your response is also that, you know, somebody who asks all the time, it's mm-hmm. that, well, I, I will do what the Lord empowers me to do. I'll mm-hmm. give you whatever God gives me. Right. I will give to you. You know, so there has to be this also trust. And, mm-hmm. and, and so what's happened in some people, some people see these people. I remember somebody saying to me, that they didn't come or come from uh, come up front in the church service for the altar call because they didn't like they looked down upon people who did mm. you know and they were like why does that person always have you know it's like i see these people going to the altar and you know yeah. and they're already saved you know because like the only thing you can get when you go to jesus <laughs> is to be saved mm-hmm. yeah. uh, like once i get saved i don't ever need jesus again right and but that's the mindset right the mindset and it, and it's and it's like and what they're saying is, and they're trying to, so it's like when people try to tell me they're not worrying when they are worrying, they try to think of other words to say. Mm-hmm. But what they're saying without using the words is, is that I think people who go to the altar are weak. Yeah. And I don't want to display weakness yeah. in front of other people. And it's like, that is exactly what we do when we worship, mm-hmm. is we, we are to display our weakness. God yeah. wants us to come to him and get on our knees before mm-hmm. him in a display of weakness yeah. to show. And when you refuse to display that weakness, then you are telling others that they shouldn't do that as well. Mm-hmm. And now you've created this handicap. You've right. handicapped people when they have a God who is abundantly willing to share these riches of grace. You're basically holding them back as if there was a, the smorgasbord of, yeah. of, it reminds me of times in, in the past when we'd go visit people's houses and they'd have all kinds of food laid out and my kids would want to run for it. Mm-hmm. And I would hold them back and say, no, 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 mm-hmm. we don't do that. We're not those kind of people. Yeah. And, and my kids are looking at me, 
why are we not those kind it's of people? Right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's right yeah, there in front of you. Why would we not take it? Yeah. And these people, and they'd be like, no, no, the kids can have it all they want, you know. And they're mm-hmm. like, and we're like, no, no, they don't need any. They don't need mm-hmm. any. And uh, and now that I'm a grandparent, I'm in the reverse role. <laughs> I've Just got kids who are trying it. to keep. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm going to get. It's like, why don't you go do something else? Because I'm going <laughs> right. to get these kids everything they want. Right. Uh, but that's the kind of way we are when we come to the presence of Christ. Mm-hmm. We're we're just like uh, I. And we hold back and so forth. And how foolish it is. No, yeah. And how foolish it is that, that Jesus has healing waiting for us. Mm-hmm. He has. He wants to restore us. He wants to show us compassion. He wants to give us grace. And yet we are holding back saying, no, I'm going to be strong on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm going to endure this. I'm going to mm-hmm. deal with this pain and so forth when Jesus wants to relieve us. Yeah. And it's just that we haven't got to the point of desperation. Yeah. Where And God's like. Okay, if you want to, mm-hmm. if I, if you want me to turn it up a little bit, yeah. I can make it more difficult because I want to to get to. Um, so, I, so what do we want? That's the question I ask myself. What do I want him to do? Mm-hmm. Every, you know, it's, I mean, what a question to ask in the morning when you mm-hmm. get up and you come into the presence of God and and think of Jesus saying to you, "What do you want me to do for you today?" Mm-hmm. And uh, and then to th- to articulate that, what do I want God to do today? What if yeah. if God says whatever you ask in my name I will do it. Well, mm-hmm. what do I want? What do I need? Yeah. What do I what do I want Him to do? What is it, what is it that burdens our hearts and lives that moves us to cry out uh, to the Savior? And until we recognize our own blindness, um, we'll just we'll continue to walk in the dark. Yeah. And so yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm. I <clears throat> mine's like sort of related in that it was um, Matthew twenty one twenty one through twenty two. And of course I didn't open there, and of course I didn't write it down. So give me a second while I get there. Here's Josh flipping through the pages of his Bible. <sighs> yeah. At least Good you have a Bible. At least you, at least you flipped through. <laughs> um, yeah, so Matthew um, 21, 21 through 22 um, says this. Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. So what's happened right just before this is that um, um, Jesus, uh, is, him and his disciples were walking by this fig tree and he curses the fig tree. And then the next day they walk back and that fig tree has wilted and died. And the disciples were amazed at what Jesus had done. And then he goes on to say, I tell the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. Mm. And I... Again, th- this this thing of we have more faith in destruction of like our lives, like this imminent like everything's gonna be horrible and and one day salvation is coming for us. No, salvation already happened for us. Like for us, post Jesus' resurrection, like salvation already happened. It's already there, and we ha- can have faith in that. But for some reason, like I was this morning when I was like writing, I was praying and I, and I write down my prayers a lot, and I was writing it and I was like, I just know that there is something in me that is desiring for salvation to come like for like oh this to happen in my life this is going to be the salvation moment for me this Mm. me getting this sort of job or me doing this sort of thing like once i get to that point then salvation is there Mm. but this morning i was praying and i was like that's false like that is so wrong (laughs) salvation already happened and my faith is in some sort of salvation that's that's coming no my faith is in the salvation that already occurred Mm. and I can have confidence in that because the Bible says to right here, may you be, uh, you can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. Mm. And it's like, that's confidence. Like I don't have to have anything else. So me thinking, I mean, 
as a 22 year old, as every 22 year old that I've been talking to in the past week, we're all in this moment of like, my life has to be figured out. I have to have this job. I have to do this sort of schooling. I have to have this. I have to have this and all this. And in our heads for us twenties, where we're getting out of school or we're just getting into school, no matter where we have the weight of the world on us and thinking that one day when I'm done with whatever it is that I'm done, I'll be, I'll be saved and I'll be good. And I have it all. But and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with education, just so we're all aware. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm pointing out salvation already happened. We have faith. And whatever you ask, the Bible says, keep asking, keep knocking on the doors yeah. because you will receive it. What you ask for in faith, in this true, undoubting faith, you will receive it. So why don't we ask mountains to move? You know, like we we just get so caught up in this like self-righteous, like, I, I have to hold it all together and it's all going to be, da, 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 and we just lose faith and we put yeah. all of our faith in, well, one day it's all just going to fall apart and then I'm done. It's like, yep. So turn. I mean, when the disciples were in the boat asking Jesus to save them, they said, we are surely to die. But the woman who was, was bleeding for 12 years had the thought, if I touch him, I will be healed. And there, there's a difference there. They were the disciples had more faith in death, and this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years had faith that even just a touch. She didn't say anything aloud. She just thought, if I touch him, I will be healed, and she was. Yeah. And that's faith. And I just can't get over that. Of like, if I walked by a, a fig tree and I really believe that it would die because I have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of me, would I believe that? And the, when I read this again, no. I was like, that's stupid. There's no way I could look at a fig tree and say die, and then it would die. But like, that's me being having human faith in myself, right. and that's not faith. That's not the faith that he's called us to, or the confidence, or the salvation he's called us to. He's called us to himself, and has given us the gift of his spirit to live by faith in him. And that's like, I just can't get over the whole book of Matthew that I've yeah. read and been reading. Is it's about faith. It's right. so cool. Well, and, and I think where people people hear you say that, and they'll say, Yeah, but I've tried that. You right. Know, I've secretly asked God for things and then it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And uh and James points out that, you know, sometimes you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss. And mm -hmm. uh and and what Jesus is saying, talk, he's talking to his disciples and he's saying to you, I want you to I'm charging you, I'm giving mm -hmm. you the keys to the kingdom, yeah. and I'm asking you to carry on this mission that I've begun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so if you think of it in terms of you've got Jesus walking with you. Mm -hmm. And and if you ever and if this person needs to be healed, you look to Jesus and he heals the person. Yeah. And if you need to get through this, uh, get through this crowd, you look to Jesus, he gets you through the crowd. Mm -hmm. You're in a storm and you look to Jesus and he calms the sea. You know, and and he's always there, and he's getting ready to leave them. Right. And he's saying this relationship doesn't change. Right. If you st if you need me, I'm always right there, mm -hmm. and I will do whatever I need to do in order right. for you to continue on with the mission that I put you on. Right. Right. Not your mission. Right. <laughs> not yeah. what not what you want to do. Not your yeah. endeavor. He's not going to give you the ability to do whatever it is you want. But everything that he wants you to do, everything, mm -hmm. everywhere you need to get to in order to do Jesus's will, every door that needs to open, every seed that needs to calm, right. every every illness that needs to be healed, everything that needs to happen, it's as though Jesus was right there with you mm -hmm. doing it himself. Yeah. You just ask him, and through the Holy Spirit, he accomplishes that purpose and plan. And there is not an exception to right, that. Right, right. Because I think people think, well, there are, must be exceptions mm -hmm. because it doesn't always happen. Mm -hmm. It's like there is, if it doesn't happen, that's how you know that Jesus didn't, if the right. door didn't open, Jesus didn't want that door to open. Right. 
There's not a door that you'll ever come to that if Jesus needs that door to open for you to accomplish his purpose and plan, that the door won't open. Mm -hmm. It will always open. And if it doesn't open, then uh, then Jesus didn't want it to open. Yeah. Now, now, people will, naysayers will back up and they'll say, well, yeah, obviously. Right. Yeah, then if it doesn't open, Jesus didn't want it to open. And mm -hmm. if it does open, then Jesus did want it to open. And so you could just say whatever it is you wanted to say. Right. It's like, yeah, that would be the case if it were not for the fact that his will is being accomplished. Right. That, right. that, is, that his kingdom is mm -hmm. taking place, his plan is moving in the direction it's supposed to right. move. It would be the case if Pilate didn't do exactly everything mm -hmm. that Jesus wanted to right. do, if, if all these people didn't do, you know, if Pharaoh didn't release mm -hmm. right. the captives, as God said, right. I have, I've heard, this is exactly the way I had said it was going to mm -hmm. happen, and it did happen. If prophecies weren't fulfilled, right. and it didn't unfold exactly the way God wanted to, yeah, then, then you could say, yeah, well, it, anybody could say that. Right. But no, Jesus does accomplish it in a way that's, that gives him glory. Yeah. So that after it happens, you go, oh, there it is. <laughs> I yeah. see. Yeah. And which just strengthens our faith. Right. Yeah. And I think that people, I was talking to a student about this because they were talking about how God hasn't been doing the same things that he was doing for them when they first gave their life to him. Mm. And I was like, yep, you're right. Because when you first gave your life to Christ, you realized you were a new creation and you had a new life to live. And now when you've gotten back into the habits of life and stuff, you're wanting him to come into your life and fix all the messes when he's called you to a new life to live. Mm. And so you're, whether you believe or not, you're wanting him to be the genie in your life that cleans up, oh, yeah. this familial problem here or this boyfriend, girlfriend problem, whatever it is, or this sin and that sin. And you're asking him, hey, Lord, can you come fix everything that's going on over here? And he's like, I already did, and I've created a new life for you. And so you get to walk in that new life, and I'm right here. Right. And there's that shift in like, oh, yeah, I've been trying to make my way that everyone's been telling me or that I've been telling myself I have to do this and asking God to come in and bless that. And it's like, why would he bless what he didn't ordain for you to do? He wouldn't. He's ordained for you to walk in good works. Ephesians 2.10 says this has happened. So walk in them yeah. in obedience. And then obedience leads to sacrifice. You don't have to. Yeah. Why would he make your pigsty more comfortable when he has a home for you? Right. Living? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But I think, too, some, you know, the Lord does tell us to come to him and ask, mm -hmm. what do you want? What do you want yeah. me to do? I think that sometimes so that our hearts are revealed to ourselves yeah. because oh, they're yeah. deceptive. Yeah. And oh, when yeah. you when you think about, you know, I, I can think of recently, I just I was in a bad spot and I was writing down <laughs> and I wrote some of the things that I was unhappy about mm -hmm. or that I wanted changed. And when I looked at some of those things, it was like, it was all about me. Mm -hmm. It was nothing about the Lord. Yeah. And it's like, ouch. Oh, wow. <laughs> the heart is deceptive. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it, it kind of looked like it was a good thing. Mm. But when I really looked at my motivation, it was mm -hmm. all about me and mm -hmm. yeah. what made me comfortable and what made me happy. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah, some things we don't get because they're not what he would have. For they us. don't get us to Thank where you. where <laughs> he wants us to be. Yeah. yeah. You know? Right. I mean, if he didn't come in to Jerusalem and the Romans didn't invade, mm -hmm. then those people would have never left and fled and right. taken right. the gospel to where it needed mm -hmm. to go. They were I mean, and that's what God does. He right. He disrupts everything that we uh, when he needs us to move, he ruffles the nest, you know. Well, yeah. even in Exodus, you can see the Israelites are watching what's going on yeah. there. They were kind of comfortable. I mean, they were in slavery yeah. and they were crying out to the Lord. Mm -hmm. But it was 
it was something that was known. It was comfortable. Yeah. And so it's like, mm. Well, they well, complained. They, they, and then they, they, they wanted to go, go back. back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were better <laughs> off back there yeah. Yeah. than here. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So, I mean, it was just like, he knows what we need yeah. and we don't know. So yeah. sometimes it's just, you know, Lord, what do I need? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Judy, what else you got? Um, from wow Exodus, us, Judy. Wow us. <laughs> Exodus 12. It's not a wow, but, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, I think God, you hear people say, oh, the God of the Old Testament is so different mm, than the mm-hmm. God of the New Testament. And then you come to Exodus 12, uh, verse 48, and I'm, li- I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so it might be a little different than Me what too, you guys Judy. have. Uh, it says, no comment. <laughs> I'm only doing this because Josh got I me did. stuck on this Bible, so, um, which is a really cool Bible. It's a filament Bible, and yeah. it's really neat. Just really quick, the filament Bible, just so you know, it's a Bible that you, you buy it, and then it comes with this app, and then you can scan the pages of your Bible, and it opens up like study notes, um, devotions, and then worship songs. But then everything you need for context, it's seriously such an awesome it, it Bible. Cool. So just look into it. It's very cool. But anyway, what did... What did you read in your filament Bible, Can Judy? Can we get money <laughs> off that or something? Yeah, back. <laughs> um, verse 48, it says, if there are f- it's talking about the instructions for the Passover. And so mm. it says, if there are foreigners living among you who want to celebrate the Lord's Passover, let all their males be circumcised. Only then may they celebrate the Passover with you like any native-born Israelite. But no uncircumcised male may ever eat the Passover meal. This instruction applies to everyone, whether a native-born Israelite or a foreigner living among you. So all the people of Israel Israel followed all the Lord's commands to Moses and Aaron. On that very day, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt like an army. Here you have, you know, all this death and destruction and the frogs and the gnats Mm -hmm. and the... (laughs) And then you have this gracious God who gives foreigners a way mm-hmm. to be part of that community that he's called yeah. out. And I just think it's like a little jewel right there in mm-hmm. the middle. And it's like, that's the God we serve. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, he's just, he's going to be just, mm-hmm. but he loves us mm-hmm. so much and uh, is so gracious to us. And I just, I just think that's just a beautiful mm-hmm. picture of uh, what he does for us. You know, he, we're all foreigners. Yeah. Well, we are definitely, we're the aliens <laughs> yeah. in that story. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, that is so cool that, that mm. he just puts that in there mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. And then a, a little glimmer for what's to come in the New Testament yeah. when he circumcises our hearts. So. Yeah. 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 And it's, a, cool. it's a tough thing to come to grips with that uh, we're an outsider looking in and that God has yeah. created a place for us because mm-hmm. nobody wants to be the outsider. Um, you like, want to be the one. It's like, yeah. I want to be the chosen one. I want to be, you yeah. know, I want to be, I want to be part of that group of yeah. people. Yeah. And uh, yet it's, uh, it's always about, we had a, uh, it was in our reading, mm-hmm. but it was also the sermon uh, for a week or two ago, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, about how the labor, how the vineyard, the yeah. the vineyard owner went out and sought laborers for mm-hmm. the vineyard or whatever, and Definitely. and you get so it's like uh, you know you're you're thinking about how I I you know you're the last person picked or whatever, mm-hmm. and 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 you realize that it's like on both ends, 
Mm-hmm. It's like, I, why was I last to be picked? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the people that, that were picked in the beginning, I was like, well, why am I getting paid the same as the yeah. guy who was picked last? Yeah. And so depending on your perspective, either of you could be unhappy with mm-hmm. your situation without celebrating the fact that, oh, we're all there. Yeah. <laughs> we all got in. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I'm getting something that way more than what right. I deserve. and. And a lot of grace, but and on, the, on their end mm-hmm. of it, they're like, well, wait a second. Why is he getting, you know, he mm-hmm. got to be a Gentile. He didn't right. have all these laws and things to yeah. abide by yeah. and just, uh, and gets in. Well, uh, we were reading this passage last night at Bible study. It's, um, I think it's first, first, or it's one of the Corinthians, one of the letters from Paul, um, first Corinthians 12, uh, when he's speaking of the gifts of the church and he yeah. goes on to explain that the spirit has given everyone a gift. And although there are these lesser gifts, it seems the Lord balances out everything so he's like it may seem like you have this pointless gift now but you will be rewarded in heaven 10 times than the person who has a like a really honoring gift in the world so like teaching or prophesying or whatever it may be looks really good here to us as humans but we're not gonna i mean and it, and it literally says, I wish I knew exactly which verse it was, but it, it says that the Lord works it all out so that it all balances and that yeah. people get rewards for what they've done and all this stuff. And it's like, so even then in the kingdom of heaven, there is honor for all and it yeah. is, and it's all beautiful and it's just, and it's impartial because that's who God is, yeah. which is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. It's still hard not to be what, what the other yeah. guys got. Yeah. But right. you know, I just read Job through, um, the last couple of weeks and I I love that book mm-hmm. now and I hated it before. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hate it but it's just like oh that is that just stinks for Job yeah. you know but it really again it the sovereignty of God mm-hmm. is just right there mm-hmm. and don't compare yourself and don't judge people mm-hmm. for what's going on in their lives and I mean there's just it was just so rich and so many lessons mm-hmm. and yeah and that's that's the thing, you know, what happens down here on earth is going to be so different than what we've got mm-hmm. to look forward to. Yeah. And if Job didn't go through what Job went through, then we wouldn't have the book of Job. Yeah. And we wouldn't be able <laughs> right. to draw strength from right. that and, and be, I mean, all the times we pull from that, mm-hmm. it's like somebody had to endure that in order for us to be yeah. able to have the richest of that, oh. of that word. And this, and this, and I try to remember that in my own life, that it's like, if I, don't go through what I'm going mm-hmm. through, then I can't give that to somebody else or at least have that to help somebody else uh, in what they're enduring or whatever they're going through. But that's, yeah, it's hard to remember that at the time. I, uh, and I know Job says something in there about, I know we're not in Job, but uh, about uh, about knowing God, but now he's seen God. Yeah. When he went through all that, mm-hmm. he has seen God. And, 42. And, you know, through Chapter suffering, 42. we really do. Yeah. It is so cool. He's like, he basically, he says, I have spoken and now I've seen how powerful you are. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, all right. And I'm done. I'm done questioning everything about you. I got nothing more. (laughs) Right. I've really seen you now. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, mine is from Exodus 14 and, um, and it says, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today for the Egyptians whom you see today. You shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Um, I, When I got that, when I was reading that passage, I was also reading Matthew mm-hmm. about how when the Lord said, you know, whatever you need, ask, you know, at the, the passage that Josh was sharing a while ago, um, that, um, that, you know, we, just, we have a need. And so 
I remember we were we had this friend in the Northwest that we were going to visit, and uh, we had made plans. His his wife had called me. He's in really bad shape, and said this is this is probably the last time you're going to get to see him. And she said, "Would you come out?" And so I said, "Well, if God makes a way, we'll come." And so it worked out to where we were able to get the tickets, really inexpensive and actually free for us. And so so Kim and I, Kim took the day off of work, and and so we had made all these plans to to go on Thursday and Friday. And then we get the weather forecast, and it's like, oh man! And it was like, <laughs> and I'm looking at it, and on on that on two, this was on Tuesday, and I was looking at the forecast for Wednesday and Thursday, and it was like there was no window, there was no, yeah. it was like I, it's just bad if I go Wednesday, I got you know all the freezing rain mm-hmm. and on Thursday, and it's like, and so I couldn't figure out a way to make it work out, and so I said, God, I I need something. And 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 this is something I, I'm sharing this because um, it's a, it's a dangerous thing to look in the Bible and take things out of context or yeah. something from the context that are in. But but one of the things that always struck me when Paul would write in the, in the New Testament is Paul would do that. Mm-hmm. He would take verses out of context <laughs> and and he would say, "Here's what this means." The Lord says this and apply mm-hmm. it in something. And it's like, yeah, but that is not the context of that right. passage that you're taking it from, and. And and here's something that I, that that is fretted about by mm-hmm. people from seminary. I think people with too much learning, and mm-hmm. I try not to fall into that category. But is that sometimes you just gotta say God just is finding a way to communicate to us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so and so yeah. you, he's yes. I I don't I don't think you should close your eyes and flip to the Bible and point your finger at something. <laughs> but sometimes when you're reading, he is taking a passage that, that from the context mm-hmm. of, from what it is, and he's saying. This I need you to understand yeah. that when I said that to these people, I say it to you today. You yeah. know, it's the same principle. And I, yeah. when I read this passage, when it said, "This is what I heard," it was, "Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord." Mm. And I remember thinking, you know, it was because I was trying to fix it. <laughs> I was trying to find yeah. a way. I was like, "I'm going to do this and do this. I'm going to change our flights, or I was going to cancel our flights. Mm-hmm. I was gonna, we just can't make it." And it was like God said, "Just stop trying mm-hmm. and just do it." And so we we literally got in the car on Wednesday, and it's freezing rain coming down. And I told Kim, she said, we need to turn around. And I said, the only word I have from God is move forward. And it was from that passage. And it's like, and I just said, God, I'm just going to keep going in this direction to the airport. I've got a flight waiting for me. And as long as there's a flight and I'm there to get on the plane, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to trust mm-hmm. that you do it. And there were acts. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, there were cars wrecking all yeah. around us and so forth, and near misses the whole way. And I just, I just at a steady, <laughs> slow pace went to St. Louis, and then, and then our plane. They canceled the flight we had, but they gave us a new one that was a little bit earlier that mm-hmm. came out of Atlanta. And we got on the flight. They're de-icing the plane Thursday morning, you know, mm-hmm. and there was a blizzard up in St. Yeah. Louis, and people were like, "Why are you flying?" It's like, "I don't know." And it's like, so we, <laughs> but we get on the plane, and the plane takes off, and we go, and it's mm-hmm. like, and it was, but it was, I thought, you know, that it, I would have never have done mm-hmm. that, would have never pushed through, if I had not had that word from yeah. the Lord, and and I think that's just such a how powerful the word of God is. Yes. In that regard, that he he takes a verse, something he meant for his people years ago, and I know the context of what so and I know I'm not the children of Israel, and I know I'm not the one fleeing Egypt or whatever, but I needed to I needed to know something, I needed to know what God wanted me to do, and that is how he communicated in that moment to me. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not the verse that you need to hear today. It's not the verse necessarily. It's not something that you. But it was. But I think that that's what God wants all of us to know. Is he says, I know you, 
Mm-hmm. And you will know when it's me talking mm-hmm. to you, yeah. and I will give you that discernment through the Holy Spirit. And uh, and so you're making it, you can make it say what you want it to say. Because right. I've done that too. Yeah. I've oh manipulated the word yeah. to say what I want to say. But we know when it's, because it's not the word I wanted, mm-hmm. it was the word I received. Yeah. And I just trusted in it. And the proof was in the pudding that that I, here. I'm here exactly. Got <laughs> yeah, right. there. It was a very it was a very meaningful visit. It was very important for us to be there. Mm-hmm. And um and uh, and we got back. In fact, I was able to tell him how to get the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, how to listen to the podcast. So maybe he's even listening today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so when you I said. Uh, and it was pretty cool because he has Alexa, uh, 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 what is it called? Uh, Google the Home. little Alexa, the Echo Dot. Oh, yeah. Echo Dot. Yeah. And uh, and he says, um, and they said, how do we find your uh, podcast? And I go, Alexa, play the Understanding Jesus podcast. And it did. And it did. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. I was wait, like, wait, was this like last week? It was like last week. Oh yeah. my gosh, I thought this was like 20 years ago. Me and Kim. No, no this oh is Oh my last gosh. Week. Yeah, literally. Whoa, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a dangerous storm to be in. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm that like, just changed the really whole storyline <laughs> of the Bible. I know. I know. And, I w- and Kim was like, we shouldn't go. We shouldn't go. And it's like. All I have is is that we are to stand still and see the salvation Whoa. of the Lord, and it, and where he says, "Tell the children of Israel to move forward." Yeah, and it was like, and, and, and that oh, was I'm... and that was what he told them. It was, and that's all, and that's all they yeah. had. It was right. like all we know is to get keep going, you know. Yeah. And they were wanting to turn back, they were wanting mm-hmm. to quit, and so forth. And all Moses had was is that. Uh, you're a bunch of sheep, and I'm yeah. supposed to prod you in this direction. Yeah. And and he's driving them toward the sea, you know. Which oh, I is know. Like, and they have no right. escape. And so it's like, and he's like. Okay. And then it's like, all right. <laughs> and, and it's like, I mean, yeah. I mean, you think about the craziness of that. Yeah. You have the army. It's like, let's run, let's flee, let's right. find a way to get out of here. Right. And Moses and that we're going this way. And they're Straight. like, there's, there's water there, Moses. <laughs> right. well, you're an idiot. Swim. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, and so just driving sheep over, you know, yeah. just, and drives them right yeah. to the edge. And now it's like, and now we're just supposed to stand here. And they're That's freaking crazy. out. You know, they're like, you brought us here to die. Yeah. And so the army's pursuing them, and then God comes through in a, in a cloud and right. fire and gets between them so and the crazy. army, and then he parts the sea in yeah. front of them, and then they go through the sea, and then he removes the fire, mm-hmm. and the army chases after him, and then yeah. he destroys the army. And they literally are just witnessing right. the salvation and of the Lord. And that's a true story. And it's a yeah. true story. <laughs> right. And you see, that's why in the Old Testament, that is the story. Right. It's, I mean, that's what yeah. the right. psalmist always goes back to. Mm-hmm. Remember the Red Sea and remember what God mm-hmm. did. And in the New Testament, it's for us, it's the resurrection. Right. It's like we always go back to re- Jesus raised from the dead. Yeah. You know? And so obviously that's where our, our hope and mm-hmm. and understanding of hope goes that's to. So, so cool. he obviously can save us. And that's, you know, ultimately, like not only can he part the 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 whatever we needed to get to the mm-hmm. airport but it was like if we die on the way to the airport <laughs> he has the power to resurrect us from the dead <laughs> right so we have a double revelation <laughs> right there of god's power but That's it was cool. uh, but it was just a it was you know you we do this for so much we get we're we've been in church our whole lives mm-hmm. and we and we you know preach all the time and and uh and it becomes routine Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's just times when you're like, where you're just like, you're like that child. You're like, God, I just, I really, I, I need you to kind of help me yeah. here. I don't know what to do in this. Yeah. This looks bad. And you get so sick of it. Like, yeah. and that's like the point where I've been <laughs> the past three weeks. I was like, I'm just sick of it, God. I'm just sick yeah. of yeah. nothing happening. <laughs> yeah. Just, ooh. and then, and then he, but then you're in this situation and yeah. it's like, and it's like, if I stay home, then I don't get to see his power demonstrated. Right. And it's right. like, so it's like, I, I don't want to test him, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I, everything says he wants me to go. Right. And so it's like, and if it weren't a horribly dangerous situation, 
I mean, to the level of danger <laughs> right. you feel you're in is the right. amount of salvation you're going to see. Right. You have to believe there's a, yeah. a, an e- element of peril well, and that's where that in order faith, for you to really that believe. That faith steps yeah. in of like, yeah. hey, I'm God. Yeah. And that's all you need to know. Yeah. And that's like, that is so hard to give up. Like, because we're so we're self reliant. Yeah, and Kim was like, she goes, I wish I had your kind of faith. And it's like, it's more like stupidity. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it, it, that's what it feels like. Yeah. You don't feel faithful in no. in the moment. Well, you just are desperate. It's yeah. just I don't I don't know what to do. Well, and, so and that, just, I'm just that just like it doesn't feel right. I was reading um I'm re- I was I'm reading this book. It's called How How God Changes Us, and um the the second chapter is called Despair. And the the first paragraph speaks of how when you how you, how you know the Lord is working in your life, it feels like everything is going backwards. And I remember a week ago me saying, I feel like I'm moving backwards. And I read that and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he's pruning me. So of course we have to go backwards in our brain. And like this moment of just like, yeah, it looks stupid, right? Or like it doesn't feel like it's correct. But in, in the Bible, when uh, when this one guy's like, hey, I want to follow you. He's like, but let me go, let me go bury my dead like family first or something like that. Right. And then he says, no, let the, let the dead bury their own. That does. I'm sure that does not feel right. Like right. if my dad died and then I was like, you yeah. know what? You've got it. Like that <laughs> feels dishonoring my parents. Like that just, everything yeah. feels wrong about that. But that's what he called them to do. Right. And faith, like faith is hard. Like it's not, yeah. but faith is built. Yeah. Too. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. sanctified just like, yeah. Like with each one of those plagues and when he talked mm, to Pharaoh, it was yeah. like, just as God predicted, he was building right. the faith of the yeah. Israelites. Now, sometimes yeah. we forget those markers, Yeah. but yeah. those are markers that's that cool. we need to write down mm, and remember. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why, you know, the children of Israel are told to tell their children mm-hmm. and their children's children about all these wondrous things. Yeah. We, we, that's how faith is built mm-hmm. when we recognize that God has worked in a situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, this is on, t- I wrote this on Tuesday and I understand mm-hmm. Tuesday was a good weather day. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm looking ahead and I wrote down, I said, I asked God to show us what to do. And the best I can understand is we stay on the path we're on and we see what he does. If there is no obstacle to overcome, there is no occasion for faith. Whatever difficulty we are staring at, God has the power to remove it from our view. Yeah. And and that was all I had when it <laughs> right. actually came into view yeah. was remembering he said to stay on this path. And yeah. so we'll stay on the path. And it, and and you know and he gives you that. It's like you're getting you're you're getting ready to go through something. Mm-hmm. Something's coming up. It's and just I'm so, and I'm trying to build your faith. It's just yeah. so amazing how personal he is, yes. but yet sovereign over everything yeah. and works it all together yeah you I know was, it's just i it is, there's no other god he there is, is no other he's mind-blowing last yeah. night we in our bible study we just finished a series called baseline christianity that um that anyway it was just really cool but last night we did, had like a review session at the end of it we had this discussion and i said what is the thing that is like how has your view of god changed in the past five weeks that you had not realized before and someone said I didn't realize how big he was and just like he is above all things and of above all time and through all time. And yet he still cares about me and he created me to do a purpose that he's given me to do me uniquely. And he's formed me to do that. And I was just like sitting there like I I was in, I mean, I, this has been an incredible study of like watching the Lord reveal things to people um, through his word. And I was just like, yeah, 
that is really cool. That's what this is about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, ex- it's exactly what the whole Bible is about. It's about him, and we get to see how holy he is, and we get to watch him reveal himself to people and reveal himself to us, and it's just like a huge blessing that he cares and has created us uniquely. Mm. I don't know. Well, that's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need to tackle some questions, though, so we'll be back in just a moment, and we will deal with some questions we get from the reading. take some questions now that uh, sprung up from the reading and Judy is going to ask us something. Okay. Um, in Exodus 13, it talks about the dedication of the firstborn. Mm. Um, what did that really mean? And uh, how was that different than the secondborn, the thirdborn, the fourthborn? Mm. Okay. Uh, so. The um the 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 significance of the firstborn um first it goes back to the fact that God labels Israel as His firstborn. The irony is is that Israel was not the firstborn, um that He was actually second uh, to Esau, um but that God made Him His firstborn. And and there's some symbolism in that as well. In fact, when Jacob was when Jacob was blessing Joseph's children. He chose Ephraim over Manasseh, the, the, the second born over the first born there as well. And, and Joseph's like, you've got your hands backwards. And he's like, oh, mm. I'm do- I know exactly what I'm doing. Uh, and, and to illustrate that God, uh, that God gives us the identity we have. It is not uh, according to our understanding, according to our, uh, that, that Jacob, he has loved. Esau has he hated. I have chosen you as my first born. Mm. Um, and so... So that's uh, so that's one of the reasons the firstborn is significant. Uh, the other reason is that the firstborn is is obviously if you don't have any other children, then the one child you have is the one. So uh, so that would make it's a practical understanding of your firstborn, and and God kind of deals with that in in your first fruits that the yeah. first thing that comes that it that belongs to me because it is uh, it is sacred in that regard. Um, and um, and then the third thing is uh, it's a reminder uh, that that God what God did on that uh, that night when He saved all of Israel, His firstborn, that He saved Israel, His firstborn. Uh, but when the when the Passover occurred and He goes through and He takes out all the children or whatever, that by by redeeming the firstborn child that they would always remember, oh, it was God who saved us uh, mm-hmm. from Egypt and, and provide our salvation. So that's, yeah, so good question. Yeah. Next. I don't have any questions today. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, Judy has one. Yeah, thankfully. In Exodus 24, verse 7, Okay. it talks about the book of the covenant. Okay. And uh, let's see. 24, verse 7. See, I'm not the only one who's always unprepared. Everyone's turning to Exodus 24. Then he took the book of the covenant, talking about Moses, and read it aloud to the people. Again, they all responded, (laughs) we will do everything the Lord has commanded. (laughs) We We will will obey. obey. Yeah, right. We We know the story. We choose God. (laughs) But, um, so this this book of the covenant hmm. uh where did that where is it yeah yeah the uh well the, the the um it's really the scroll of the covenant 
one of the things that uh, w- I mean, the first five books of the Bible are called the Torah, mm-hmm. and they are um, the books that Moses wrote. Um, the uh, before then, it was oral tradition being passed on from generation to generation. The significance of Moses being from Egypt, because writing was something that was being introduced in Egypt at yeah. this time, and writing of on papyrus was an art that had been mastered, one that they still carry on today. They still create papyrus and write upon it. Um, so you have paper uh, for the first time and the ability to write on paper. So now things are being recorded in scrolls, um, on, papyrus, on papyrus scrolls. And so the Book of the Covenant would just be, or the scroll of the Covenant would just be the laws and all the things that God said. Moses is writing them down. Um, and, of course, we are looking at it. You're, you're, you're reading it. Mm-hmm. And so it is the books that you're reading, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Uh, the Ten Commandments, the tablets that God wrote on, those are just the Ten Commandments. That, that, that uh, is, um, uh, has a very significant uh, place in Jewish history, obviously, in our history as well. But uh, God wrote those commandments as a covenant uh, with man to say, here is the law I'm giving to you, and you get two of them. To, uh, you always got two copies of a, of a covenant, one for each recipient. And so God is basically saying, put my copy in the, the Ark of the, the Covenant. covenant. Uh, so they were actually both copies. And so, so both tablets go in the Ark of the Covenant to show uh, God's copy and our copy then sealed together. Wow. Um, one of my favorite illustrations, not that I'm getting off target here, but just I just love this illustration. love to share it whenever I can. Is that um, the mercy the, the Ark of the Covenant had the mercy seat up on top of it. And so you had the sacrifice of the blood and the priest would come in and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat and the Shekinah glory, it says the Shekinah glory would appear above the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. So you have the Shekinah glory that would appear above the Holy of Holies and then you have the blood that is covering uh, the law, which is broken on the inside of the Ark of the Covenant. So when God is looking at the law, he looks through the blood uh, that is sacrificed, which is just the picture that he's giving, that that is how he sees us sealed in the blood of Christ. Uh, he sees through the blood of Christ us who have broken his law, so that that is the atonement that is necessary for us to be in his I holiness. I love the tabernacle and the yeah. picture of Christ and his people and God. It is the, when the veil tears, that is like, that is such a huge moment in the storyline of the Bible of like, yep, and now you can just enter freely. It's like, and then that, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Really good stuff. That's why we love reading God wrote the Bible really well. (laughs) He did a good good job. Kudos to you. Five stars. (laughs) Five stars, (laughs) guys. Five out of five. Yeah. All right. Okay, good. Let's give him a six out of five. (laughs) Well, Judy, I'm so so glad you got to be with us today. This has been fun. Yeah. Spur of the moment, but still, I'm excited. Always glad when you can join us. So. And uh, thank you guys for being with us again on another podcast of Understanding Jesus.